a lot of companies are trying to to get to that point, but they have to use technology to do so, right? And then that kind of flips into the, well, how do you do that? How do you become transparent in technology? Like from an engineering standpoint, well, what I'm building, there's some intellectual property. There's some secret sauce in there to be able to do this. Okay. What from an engineering standpoint should be transparent to both the public and to the company? If you're a tech leader looking to learn today's best practices for leading high-functioning teams, you're in the right spot. In each episode, we learn from today's top tech leaders as they share their successes, their failures, and their lessons learned along the way. I'm Debbie Madden, and this is the Scaling Tech Podcast, your blueprint for scaling tech teams. Let's dive in. Hey, everyone. Welcome to today's episode of the Scaling Tech Podcast. I am Debbie Madden, your host. And today I am very, very excited to talk to Josh Tatum. Hey, Josh, how you doing? Doing well. Thank you, Debbie. Thank you so much for being here. Um, before I introduce you, I just want to tell everyone what we're talking about. So we're talking about transparency and technology, specifically what should be hidden, what shouldn't be hidden, and what's expected. What are the expectations? So like, I'm really excited to dive in because I know you have a lot of thoughts. So... Who is Josh? So Josh, for almost two decades, has been a driving force in the consumer, finance, and technology industries. He is the co-founder and chief product officer of CarPuddy, and there he's been instrumental in modernizing the auto financing and ownership with a focus on increasing transparency and consumer control, very relevant to this conversation, um, with a proven track record of success in launching startups, advising executives, and raising capital, Joshua believes in bringing technology that optimizes ease of use for consumers. So with that background in mind, um, I appreciate you being here. And I want to jump into the definition because when you and I first spoke before we started recording this episode, we were talking about what does this even mean, this topic of transparency in technology? It does mean different things to different people. So tell us more. What does it mean to you? What does it mean to different groups? Yeah, thank you. Uh, and, and thank you for the time today. So I link technology and transparency as two of the key elements in what I call the T-triangle, which is technology, trust, and transparency. Um, you know, from, and I look at it at two levels. One is on the consumer side, people who actually engage with technology. And then also on the user side, uh, user as the uh, engineer side of, you know, how it's built, why it's built. Um, and we can talk about the, the consumer side first, cause that's what most people are, are engaged with is like, Hey, how is, how is what I give different tech companies being utilized? Why is it being utilized? And how do I know I'm not being discriminated against or my stuff being sold? Right. So we'll, we'll, we'll uh, we'll dive right into that. So, you know, with my background, mostly in consumer finance, one of the biggest questions that has come up for, for almost 20 years is well, how do you give consumers debt? Like how is money given to, cons to people that want to do something with it? Buy a house, buy a car, you know, refinance their credit card, buy out their student loans. You know, that's how we started at SoFi. Um, and, and the question always remains is, well, you have to trust the technology that's available, which is credit reporting agencies. Well, there's, there's the dilemma. Do consumers really know where can, where credit reporting agencies are gathering their data is that transparent enough 
Now you can get your report for free. You can, you know, get some things for free, but knowing actually what they do with it would actually scare a lot of consumers. And, and one thing we did, it, but now I want to know. So tell me, yeah, I want to know. <laughs> well, I mean, credit reporting agencies, you know, they sell your data all over the place. It, it, you know, as a, as a business, I can go to any of the big three and say, Hey, I want to hyper target. That's a key buzzword. And I, I want this type of consumer and this demographic and this geographic region. And I want to market to them for whatever product. And for a few dollars per person, you can get that. Well, do consumers know that? Is it transparent enough that, hey, when I allow a vendor, allow a, a debtor to say that they have debt against me to a credit reporting agency, that that will be used to market to me? No, I, I guarantee you probably eight out of 10 or nine out of 10 of the consumers don't know that. Um, but should they? That's So that goes back to the question of, well, what happens if they do know that? Does it change habits? Well, the credit reporting agencies would tell you, well, it could, because if we tell them everything, they'll stop getting debt with those that report. And that's where the, the divide has come in the industry is, well, do debtors have to report to credit bureaus? And the answer is no, they don't have to. It is, it is an option. Now, some of the investors would push them to and say, hey, you need to do that for you know fair credit lending, all that fun stuff. Well, you know, there, there's a gray area of, is that legal? Do you have to force someone to report? And a lot of companies don't report. Uh, that's why you see like these boost things like, oh, well, we want to be more transparent with consumers. Let's boost your score by adding things like your cell phone bill, your light bill. Well, that's great. But all that does is link in other debts that credit reporting agencies normally don't have. So they know more about you, right? Because that's the end of the end game for them is like, can I give a, a picture of Debbie? Can I tell, you know, ABC Bank that Debbie is this? She is a high net worth person. She lives in, you know, New Jersey, New York, whatever, California. She's moved eight times in six years. She goes to Starbucks every every day and she spends this. That's what consumers of this data want. They want the profile. And, and that's probably the largest conversation I have is around, okay, who owns that? And transparency, you know, in the era of transparency and trust, who is trusted with that information, right? Is it the government? Is it the credit reporting agencies, which are private companies? Or is it the consumer? And you know, there are companies out there that are trying to give it back to the consumer. Um, you know, I can speak of one, uh, Finlocker. You know, they're, they're a company out of, I believe, Michigan that say, hey, consumer, we're going to give you a token. And inside that token, inside that locker is all of your financial information. You own that. That is you. And you tell us when you want to give that away. And, and we will sell that on your behalf. And that's... Something that's quite interesting is, well, can consumers monetize? So, okay. So there's the, what, there's the, the minimum bar of what's legal, what's required in terms of transparency, right? For the consumer. And then when you, when you make the leap to companies trying to give back consumers their, their, um, control over, um, within the legality, now you're, now you're getting into, the people that you, you said you had to trust the technology. So now we're putting this, 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 um, this role of determining 
what ought to be transparent into the um, hands of the technology executives to determine what do they expect. So, right, isn't that the next layer? Like, okay, what must be done? What can and cannot be done? And then within that, before we even get to the consumer or the engineer building the code, we're, we're, we have this other group of people that are almost like this another layer of gatekeeping almost. Do you think, is that the right way to think about it or is that not the right way to think about it? No, I, I think it's the right way. Because um, at the end of the day, the you know the leaders, the founders of the company dictate what is, you know, brought down. Like, okay, here's what we absorb, right? And that's one thing I will say at Car Putty. You know, when we started Car Putty, uh, my co-founder and I, we looked at the process of how consumers get auto debt, which is through like a dealership. And over eighty percent of all loans are done through that method, where somebody physically goes, fills out an application on a piece of paper, and says, "Hey, here's some basic information about me." give, give me money to buy a car. Well, what's not transparent is, okay, well that dealer then sends that off and they get, you know, eight, nine, 10 quotes and they pick the best one for them financially say, okay, well, you know, ABC bank will give us, you know, $500 for this customer for Debbie. Oh, but XYZ bank will give us 625. Oh, we're going with 625. So they present that to the consumer. That's not very transparent, right? The consumer just sees one offer, one thing. But in, in, if the transparency was there, they say, no, we did eight. Here's all eight. Customer, you pick what's best for you. And that doesn't happen. That's not even, that's not illegal either. So you talk about legality and then executive level. They, they found that loophole of saying, well, we don't have to. It's not illegal. We don't want to. We want high profit. But then the consumer gets, you know, the, 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 bad side of that, you know, transaction of like, well, I get one offer. I don't really know what really the transparent rate or, or terms that I qualify for are. And then you lose trust. And obviously there's, you know, possibility for, you know, discrimination, which is an evil word in that transparency. It's like the opposite of transparency. No, I'm going to discriminate you based on your data. Uh, so, so at CarPuddy, you know, we basically said, okay, bunk all of that. Everyone's treated the same. You get a margin and the margin is, is fixed. And so, you know, what we look at is, do you have the ability to, to repay this loan? We look at all kinds of data, not just your credit report, not just your income. We look at a lot of different factors and say, okay, you can repay this Debbie. So we're going to give you this just as everyone else in your, in your criteria, this is your margin. It's the same. It doesn't change. And it's margin plus a index which is SOFR. So customers can see like, okay, it's transparent. Like you, you gave me this, I qualified for this. It's the same for everyone. And no matter what I buy. So a lot of companies are trying to, to get to that point, but they have to use technology to do so. Right. And then that kind of flips into the, well, how do you do that? How do you become transparent in technology? Like from an engineering standpoint, well, what I'm building, there's some intellectual property. There's some secret sauce in there to be able to do this. Okay. What from an engineering standpoint should be transparent to both the public and to the company, right? And, and that's a, a whole different gambit of, okay, we have very smart people building really cool things. Do consumers, do companies, do the investors of the companies, are they are they really in the know? Like, should they be? If I have an amazing engineer who 
can write, you know, amazing code, uh, high quality software. Do I need to force that person to tell me why and how he did that? Maybe, right? If it works for the company and it's something that's value the company, but you still have to give them a little bit, you know, be transparent with them on the flip side, say, well, you transparent with me, I'm going to be transparent with you with how we're using your code. Um, cause that's a, that's uh, in my tenure here, I will say a lot of engineers leave companies because they feel what they've built. They don't really know what it's used for. And it's, and it's kind of a, you know, a, a friction point. So there's transparency on the consumer level. There's transparency on the executive level of, of why, and then there's transparency on the builder level, right? And they all form another triangle. Uh, and to your point is like, who's the gatekeeper of what? Right. There's multiple and, along the way, right? And the, what's, uh, now you're talking about many to many relationships because you can have expected behaviors. You can have team culture, but at the end of the day, everyone's just an individual person with their own belief system, with their own technical ability. Now we layer in generative AI, which makes it more complicated. Um, and so like where, like you are in the middle of this very interesting conversation in, in one industry, right? Consumer focused, having to do with like, you know, financial lending and things of that nature. But like what, what, where in this ecosystem do you sit? Do you believe that it's on the um, the onus of the the engineers, the technology leaders, to maximize the transparency that, like, as much as the technology can provide? Do you disagree with that? Um, you've been very you've been very good about telling me what's possible, but if yeah. whatever you're willing to share about, like, yeah, what's your thoughts on this? So, so personally, my opinion is, I believe that all people should know what they're giving and what it's being used for, right? So if I tell you, my, my name is Joshua, great. But you tell me back, well, Joshua, great. I, I got your name. I'm going to use it for this. That's transparent. I build trust. I think that whatever you, whatever you build has to convey trust with whoever the end user is, whether it be a consumer, whether it be a company, whatnot while still maintaining your intellectual property of saying, okay, I don't necessarily have to tell you how I did that. I'm going to tell you what I'm doing with it. Um, that's, that is kind of the, the, you know, my, my core mission statement of like, if I, if I give you something, I'm telling you why I'm giving it to you, how I got it, right. How I got to that number. Uh, I, but I don't have to tell you what the secret sauce was to get to that why and how. Right. Right. I, 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 I can't on the, off the top of my head, think of all of the edge cases of, of, uh, to blanketly say, I, I wholeheartedly agree or disagree, but my gut is telling me that that makes logical sense. Right. Because the, 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 the trouble becomes is when people proactively try to like pull the wool over the consumer's eyes, right? Oh, uh -huh. don't, we're not going to tell them it doesn't matter. You know, it does matter. Right. Mm -hmm. Like wh whether or not someone um, uh, proactively seeks out all the knowledge that's that's available to them, that's on the consumer. But I do believe it's on the, the, the shoulders of the builders, of the people using the power of the technology to 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 share the rules of the game. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. I'll, I'll give you one not in my industry that I know of. Um, without saying names, a very large grocery chain provider, you know, go to the grocery store. They utilize a simple technology, Bluetooth. 
to know how you go through the grocery store, what aisles you hit most, what levels of the aisles, what shelves you stop at, and what you buy, right? Nowhere is that ever talked about when you walk in. No sign says, hey, Debbie, if, if you have your Bluetooth on, we're utilizing that to show you the best deals, coupons, and also maybe uh, advise you on what to buy later. But they do every day. Right. And, and that's, you know, and people scratch your well, gosh, I'm getting these coupons at checkout that just, how do they know that I need this? Right. They know. Right. They, they know. Yeah. Um, to me, that is the, that is the anti-transparency and mm -hmm. that is what I am not for. Right? right. Because that goes against my trust factor. I don't trust you now. Right. Because you didn't share with me what you're doing with my information. I own my cell phone. That is my personal property. So if you're utilizing something that is my personal property, at least inform me that you're doing so. So I can make a conscious decision whether to allow it or disallow it. Right. And I think I think for me personally, when things like that happen, where you're like, oh, I was just talking about this thing and now I'm getting an ad for it. You know, you know, it's happening and you don't know how it's happening. But then you also wonder what else don't you know about? And then and then you just kind of go about your day because it's too much. <laughs> you feel like, all right, if I start to chase this down, I'm just going to get, you know, more anxious. And I'm gonna get a, but but at the end, but again, that's where it's like the. You know, the consumer only has so much time in their day, but is it, it is really this this partnership that can, you know, there's there's consequences, right? Consumer data in aggregate and individually. Um, I mean, so 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 being um, involved in transparency when it comes to data and technology for so long um, and, you know, um, being a technology executive, a co-founder, um, is there anything that you like, any like a lesson learned or a mistake you made where you're like, oh, if I only would have known that 10 years ago or last week? <laughs> yeah. Daily, uh, yesterday. Yeah, I mean, like, obviously. Like lessons, like you have all this wisdom that you've built up throughout your experiences, but like, yeah, what what lessons have you learned that you can share with us? Yeah, two, two of the biggest lessons I've learned in life. One, um, always question the why, you know, Mm, yeah. And, and when I was in the mortgage industry, you know, I worked for a very large bank for a little bit and then a very large mortgage company. And as a technologist, they gave me the underwriting guidelines. They, well, here's, here's, you know, Fannie and Freddie's, the government backed entities of how we're supposed to do things. I never questioned the why. All I did was take that and say, okay, these are business requirements. And now I've got to build something to those. Well, Years later, those I found out those requirements or those you know guidelines change sometimes on a weekly basis because people do question and leaders go back and say, well, why are we doing it this way? Why is this data needed versus this data? And I wasn't the person to do that, even though in my head I was like, ah, this doesn't feel right. Uh, so that was definitely lesson number one: is always question, always ask the why. Uh, the second lesson I, I learned is really from the engineering side, which is back to trust is, is trust your engineers, um, you know, building things quick, you know, trying to hyper hyperscale. Uh, sometimes you forego the, the thought process of a solid engineering leader. Um, especially when it comes to, to data and transparency of like, well, Hey, if we, if we build this data set, if we have this data warehouse of consumer information, 
hey, Joshua, um, I don't know if it's super secure enough to where we want to store 100% of everything we get into there. Let's delegate that out. Lesson learned. Sometimes in, in the era of transparency, it is better to slow hyperscale and actually do things the right way the first time. So those are the two big lessons I've learned in my life when it comes yeah, to- Yeah, no, and th those, are, those are really great. And to respond to the first one, um, when when I start to work with a client, right, we're, we're, we're being invited into their homes, right, into their technology stacks, into their tech teams. And we always ask about why they exist as a company, right? So that's stride asking the why. And um, I've been doing this 20 years. And one time uh, someone looked me in the face and said, you don't need to know that. And, and in that moment, I felt, I was like, I don't understand exactly quite why this doesn't sit well with me, but um, uh, reflecting over that conversation, I, 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 over the years have gained clarity. And when what you're saying now just reminded me of it, right? It's, it's questioning the why and then listening to how the person you ask responds, all right? Because there's only so much one individual can do. It's about the culture of, the person being asked, embracing, like, thank you for asking, <laughs> right? Let's, let's have that conversation. Um, and so I love, I love that. Um, and then, and then certainly on the engineering side, I, I have a feeling that your message is going to resonate, especially now when, um, companies are being, you know, due to external factors, like forced to slow down. Whereas, you know, Last year and the year before, they were forced to go as fast as they could, right? And there's always that balance. And I think regardless of the external factors, you really have to prioritize like what's best for your team, what's best for the consumer. The transparency is to really take a measured approach is what I heard you say. Exactly. Yeah. Agreed. No, I love, I love both of those things. Well, sadly, we're out of time, um, but this has been a really good conversation and I can't believe how fast the time went. <laughs> um, so thank you so much for being here. And I think we've all definitely learned a lot about transparency, about your take on it and some of the different kind of gates and the guardrails that happens to the consumer on a daily basis that we may not stop to think about all the time. I know. I appreciate your time and definitely, uh, you know, this, this flew by. So Yes, absolutely. And in the in the show notes, we'll have some information about how to find Josh and more about car party and all those great things. And um, thank you so much and have a great rest of your day. Thanks. Bye. Hey, everyone. If you've enjoyed today's episode, remember to subscribe, give it five stars, and more importantly, share it with someone that you think will benefit from listening. And remember, as always, think about the one to two key takeaways that you can apply today to help you and your team achieve your goals. Until then, keep iterating.